This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. The 20th Communist Party Congress opened in Beijing, with Xi Jinping pledging to reunify China by bringing Taiwan under the mainland's control. He said China would take all necessary measures to quell separatist movements, by force if necessary. Mr Xi also defended his increasingly painful zero-Covid policy, calling measures to contain the virus an all-out people's war. Despite a convention that Communist Party leaders serve a maximum of two five-year terms, the Congress is expected to bestow Mr Xi a third. Britain's new Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, said that the government's growth push had gone too far, too fast. In a further attempt to calm jittery bond markets, Kwasi Kwarteng's replacement said that he would raise taxes and cut public spending. Andrew Bailey, the Governor of the Bank of England, said that interest rates would have to rise further than expected in light of high inflation. Evin Prison, a facility used to lock away many of Iran's dissidents, was set ablaze. The fire followed a clash between inmates, including some arrested during ongoing anti-government protests and security forces. Gunshots were also heard. Iran has been gripped by almost a month of demonstrations, which erupted after the death of a 22-year-old woman detained by morality police for showing too much hair. A pair of gunmen killed at least 11 people at a military training ground in southwest Russia. 15 others were wounded. Officials called it a terrorist attack. The perpetrators, who were both shot dead, were nationals of an unnamed former Soviet nation. The incident highlights growing anger at Vladimir Putin's mobilization of Russians for his war in Ukraine. Ukraine's energy operator, Ukunergo, warned of possible blackouts in Kyiv, the capital, and urged residents to use less power after Russian missiles hit energy infrastructure near the city. Meanwhile, the Pentagon approved a further $725 million in military aid for Ukraine. Among other things, the new package will replenish ammunition supplies for the HIMARS rocket systems that have helped Ukrainian forces wreak havoc on Russian troops. Uganda imposed a three-week lockdown in two districts of its central region to contain breakouts of Ebola. Movement in and out of Mubende and Kassanda will be restricted, and dusk-till-dawn curfews have been imposed. Since Uganda's first recorded death almost a month ago, the hemorrhagic fever, for which there is no cure, has infected 58 people and killed 19. Elon Musk promised that his satellite internet company, Starlink, would continue providing Ukraine its services for free, reversing his earlier threat that the arrangement could not continue indefinitely. The billionaire tweeted that he would keep the terminals running, even though Starlink is losing money. Earlier, the Pentagon hinted that it was considering stepping in to help. And word of the week. Siloviki. Russia's Privileged Securocrats And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. A showcase of Xi Jinping's power. The five-yearly Congress of China's Communist Party opens on Sunday. 
Not since the time of Mao Zedong has a Congress been so clearly aimed at emphasizing the power of a single leader. The week-long session, meticulously stage-managed, will make the case that only Xi Jinping can lead China towards its goal of, quote, great rejuvenation. Mr. Xi will kick things off with a speech full of praise for the party's achievements. He's likely to highlight the elimination of extreme poverty, which the party said it achieved last year. Mr. Xi's draconian zero-COVID policy will be declared a great victory. There will be stern words about Taiwan, but the speech will skate over problems such as China's sputtering economy and property crisis. By convention, Mr. Xi, having served two five-year terms, should retire, but there is no doubt he will remain party chief when the new Politburo is revealed on the day after the Congress, and don't expect to see an obvious successor in the mix. Global Hunger on the Rise On Sunday, millions of people around the world will gather at marches, marathons, and concerts to observe the UN's World Food Day. But the mood will be sour. Global grain prices, which fell over the summer, have climbed back to where they were soon after Russia invaded Ukraine. A strong dollar and weak economic growth have squeezed household and government budgets. The World Food Program reckons a record 345 million people are facing acute food insecurity, up from 193 million in 2021. A longer-term difficulty is that food supply may fall short of demand. The bumper crop, including Russia's record wheat harvest that stopped this year from becoming a catastrophe, are unlikely to be repeated. Farmers skimping on expensive fertilizers may also dampen yields. A UN-brokered deal under which Russia has allowed grain exports from Ukrainian ports expires in November, and its extension is uncertain. The seeds of disaster are being sown. Putin sparks new energy into CND. The Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament, a British lobby group, was formed in the early years of the Cold War. Its emblem has become a visual byword for peace. The CND's membership peaked at 110,000 in 1985 and has since fallen to around 30,000. But Kate Hudson, its general secretary, says its ranks are now growing again as Vladimir Putin's war makes a new generation concerned about nuclear threats. On Sunday, the CND will march on Menwith Hill, a British and American intelligence base in Yorkshire. Such gatherings are a staple of the movement. In the 1980s, campaigners fought to remove American cruise missiles from RAF Greenham Common in Berkshire. Now the CND is protesting against the return of NATO nukes to an American base at RAF Lankenheath in Suffolk. Members believe that the risk of nuclear war is higher than it has ever been. LeBron James's Ultimate Slam Dunk When Kareem Abdul-Jabbar retired from the NBA in 1989, he held the record for the highest number of points scored in a career. Mr. Abdul-Jabbar racked up 38,387 points across 20 seasons, 14 of them at the Los Angeles Lakers. 
but barring injury or an inexplicable drop in form, his record will soon be broken. As of Sunday, the start of the 2022-23 season, LeBron James, who also plays for the Lakers, is only 1,325 points behind. Todd Whitehead of Synergy Sports, a basketball analytics company, has calculated the cumulative chance of Mr. James breaking Mr. Abdul-Jabbar's record in each regular season match based on his participation and scoring rates over the past three seasons. His percentage chances reach double digits on February 23rd, when the Lakers host the Golden State Warriors. His odds then rise quickly to 35% against the Minnesota Timberwolves on March 3rd, and to 50% against the Memphis Grizzlies four days later. By the end of the season in April, it's virtually a slam dunk. Arise, King James. Weekend Profile Mohamed Rostami Gachi, Iran's Brutal Enforcer It was his rapid promotion that surprised many. Just a few months into his post as the police chief of Talesh, an Iranian provincial backwater, Mohamed Rostami Gachi was promoted to head the Islamic Republic's morality police, 400 kilometers away in the capital, Tehran. Previous Iranian governments had never thought much of him, but the incoming administration of Ibrahim Raisi in 2021 admired Mr. Gachi's hardline beliefs. Shortly after taking the job, he declared his intention to enforce the mandatory veil for women, which had fallen loose under the pragmatist presidency of Hassan Rouhani. Quote, Those who stubbornly remove the hijab are criminals, Mr. Gachi told Iran's press. Over the following months, he reactivated the morality police. Their men in dark green uniforms and women in black shadors scoured the streets hunting for infringements of sharia. They broke up bands jamming in cafes. They hauled girls caught for, quote, bad hijabs away in their windowless vans and took them to facilities for, quote, re-education. Sometimes they gave them a beating. And then, on September 13th, Mr. Gachi's men carted away 22-year-old Masa Amini to her death three days later, for improperly wearing the veil. The popular protests that this sparked had, in truth, been some time in the making. Under Mr. Rouhani, Iran breathed more easily with an unwritten contract. Leave the clerics to wield power, and let society live as it wants. The Islamic Republic shrank into an Islamic government. Mr. Raisi's determination to turn the clock back and apply sharia to an ever more secular population tipped resentment into civil disobedience. Even before Ms. Amini was killed, female students were spilling out of their segregated campus canteens into male ones. Women on buses and the metro disregarded even their token nod to a head covering. The mullah's crackdown might have been easier to digest had they practiced the moral strictures they preached. But while people's incomes declined, Mullah's sons ostentatiously combed Tehran's highway in their Ferraris, and some questioned Mr. Gachi's standards of enforcement when it came to his own. His brother accumulated businesses in their hometown of Kermanshah. As protest against Ms. Amini's death spread, costing so far more than 200 lives, Mr. Gachi's patrols disappeared from the streets. Western governments have imposed sanctions against him and his morality police for, quote, 
spreading a culture of violence and excessive force. For Mr. Gachi, they were just spreading Islam. The winners of this week's quiz. Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners, chosen at random from each continent, were Asia, Maznun Bujang, Kunching, Malaysia, North America, Wendy King, Sherbrooke, Canada, Central and South America, Kayo Prizhkulnik, Africa, Ailsa Green, Choma, Zambia, Oceania, Andrew McMenamin, Lincoln, New Zealand. They all gave the correct answers of Joshua, Rocky Balboa, Smokey Robinson, Zion, and Bryce Dallas Howard. The theme is U.S. National Parks, Joshua Tree, Rocky Mountain, Great Smoky Mountains, Zion, and Bryce Canyon. And visit the Espresso app for our new weekend crossword, designed for experienced cruciverbalists and newcomers alike. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Virgil. They can because they think they can. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.